This is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. I'm Dave Vanderveen. And, uh, you know, the Kick Aspirational Podcast is all about helping people break through barriers in their life. Today, I'm in Australia. I am in the Sydney area. I'm with Jeff Gerard and my good friend Ben Physic from Weight Loss Coaching Works. And uh, I want to welcome both of you, Jeff and Ben, to the Kick Aspirational Podcast. Thank you very much, and uh, really looking forward to it. Now, um, people have heard Ben before. Uh, ben, you just brought me to my first grand final, but I understand that Jeff actually procured the tickets. Is that is that right? We put the word out to Jeff. We said we're bringing Dave. He said leave it with me, and he brought and he did. He did. He delivered, and we had awesome seats. And we sat actually in the diamond section, didn't we? That's correct. Yes, we <laughs> saw a cracking game. And yes. now I don't. You know, I've only been to one. NRL game before is that National Rugby League? That's correct. Yeah, I'm like a detective. Um, <laughs> Uh, I went to a Warriors game in Auckland, my first game last year. So it was my second game, and you guys got me into a grand final, which is like the Super Bowl of National Rugby League. Is that right? That's it. That's the end of our competition now until next year. Okay. And, Jeff, part of the reason that you were able to help us get tickets is because you've got a little history with the NRL, or with with rugby in in Australia, I should say. Is that right? So, yeah, I played uh, NRL. It wasn't NRL in those days. It was just called the New South Wales Rugby League. Okay. Um, And I played uh, at that level for 17 seasons. Wow. And, I think and you're more I, than 17 years old. Yes, yeah, just, just made it. Um, um, yeah, so I, I played at three clubs in that time, um, 320-something games. I was going to say, how many games in a season? Uh, normally in those days it was 22. They didn't oh, wow. count um, pre-season or, or other games at the end. So, yeah, normally on an average year, if you didn't miss any games, you'd get about 25. So I, I played... I started at uh, 17 and finished when I was 34. Wow. And you're a little older than 34 today, I'm guessing. I am 64 years of age. 64 years of age. Correct. And you were the first You were the first national rugby or New South Wales rugby player to play over 300 games. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. So I, I achieved that milestone in my last year. Wow. Um, and I was playing out at, out at Penrith. Um, and it's not something that you ever thought about. Right. Um, when I had my goal... Right. I just wanted to play one game. Right. Um, what does that mean? You mean you you focus on one game at a time? Or? No, no. I, I had a goal as 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 a young boy to play for my team, Parramatta. Uh, okay. So that was my goal. And Parramatta is a local team. It's a local team to where we are here in Castle Hill, which is outside so, Sydney. Just outside Sydney. So that was my local team, and and my goal was coming through as a youngster. Yep. To play for them because I actually followed them. They were wow. my team. Wow! Because, uh, this is so your local club, basically. My local club. Yeah. Yep. And once I achieved that, um, my next goal was to wear the green and gold. And that was for play the Parramatta. Oh, that's for Australia. Oh, the play national Australia. team. The national play for team. the national team, which which I achieved uh, four years later. So I is I that was, the Origins game? What do they call? No, yeah. this we we toured uh, the UK. Okay. And France. So we were away. Oh, so for you're six playing weeks. like this is is that called? Tell me about the different. You know, so I'm an American, and I don't understand rugby very well. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, there's, like, Aussie rules, there's Nash, there's NRL, there's the national team. Was that, is that playing union? No, that's uh, rugby union. Rugby union. So what happens now is you may have seen today, they've actually, they've picked an Australian representative team who are going to play Samoa. Okay. Um, in a week. And this is big international competition with the oh, Commonwealth. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially we, among Commonwealth, right? Yes. We, uh, <coughs> and, and... 
they've been playing international test football right. between uh, Australia and particularly the UK for over 100 years. Wow. So every four years, the Aussie team would get picked and go to play in the UK. Did you guys have to play in handcuffs back then? No. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a terrible <laughs> joke. I'm about to get beat up No, but here. we had to row the boats. <laughs> yeah, we had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I say, Dave, Jeff is very humble. He's one of Australia's most incredible, legendary athletes. I, yes. And to play 300 games of NRL is, in it, is a feat in itself. In 17 seasons, I don't think many people would have done that. Um, would have taken it a fair toll yeah. on his body. Well, as I said to you, I mean, my goal was to play one. Yeah. Then my goal was to represent my country. Um, and in between that, obviously playing uh, week in, week out, you have your smaller goals, which is to make the grand final. Right. The grand final is the ultimate, penultimate Absolutely. match, right? Yeah. Um, and luckily for me, I played in five. You played in five grand finals. Five That's grand like going finals. to five Super Bowls in the U.S. Correct. And didn't win any. I had a draw once or a tie. But you went five times. Correct. That's amazing. I mean, the Dutch are, I, mean, I think most people recognize the Dutch have the greatest soccer team on earth. Absolutely, yes. Well, thank, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been in three World Cup finals and yeah. came in second every time yeah. they've lost. It's, but I think, you know, look, it's just hard to get to that stage. To be there five times is amazing. To tie one of them. It's like kissing your sister, but <laughs> hey, at least you had a girl in your arms. Um, but yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing. That's a, an amazing record in and of itself. It's incredible. And I was chatting to you the other day. It's funny, we were walking around the block having a chat because it was the week before the grand final and we were talking about the tickets and I said, I mean, he's known as, I think, and this is probably not the claim to fame, I said, you're the, you've played in the most amount of games in NRL without winning a premiership. And I, <laughs> and I said to myself, I don't know if I could live with that. And I just, because it would kill me, because in different different era, all, I understand as a sportsman what it's like to try and win at, at the top end, and not everybody does. But his attitude was just incredible. It was like he looked at the opportunity of representing his country, his one played state of origin. Right. And he looked at the the glass half full mentality of it. Well, I that's, just, I that's what that it so is. Much. It's, 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 it's not how you go down, it's how you get up. Right. And that's one thing we know about this business. Yeah. Because um, we're business partners. You, you enjoy excess and the yep. other neutral, neutral way and, and the other brands and we have. all the beautiful supplements get me through the day, unfortunately, after so many games. Right. You, you turned down an excess just briefly a second ago. I did, uh, But yeah. you said, if you, I would take some glucosamine. <laughs> <laughs> they help my joints. They're very good. But as I said to Ben, I said, you know, people say you're unlucky because you didn't win. And I say to them, no, you don't mm. realise how lucky I have been right. to have played at, it, it? at that level, to have played those games, to yeah. have played at clubs and friends for life. Right. I'm the luckiest person who's ever played the game. Yeah, right. yeah I love that. That's, that's what it's given me. Right. My life today. You know, I was just at the 52 Super Series, which is like the pinnacle of monohull sailboat racing. We sponsor the series and... Um, you know, we work with some of the sailors in the boats there. And these are all guys who've won America's Cups or been in America's Cups. And they've been in the Olympics. They've won gold medals and different medals. Um, and I was, you know, they have multiple races a day during each regatta. There's five regattas during a season. And, you know, the boats, it's the height of competition. So some of them do well. Some of them have bad days. It goes up and down. And I was talking to one of the sailors about, you know, how they did that day. They had three races. You know, they had a couple good ones, one bad one. And I said, how do you get past the, the, you know, the bad finishes? And he said, you know, you, you just can't worry about it. If you did, you wouldn't do what we do yep. because you would just kill yourself. You know, you have to just, it's like you had said, it's each moment, each day, each game, and let's move forward. And, and, and the, 
what I say the beauty of sport is it actually it teaches you that you can't win everything. Mm. Yeah. Whether you're a tennis player or yeah. a soccer player or right. a hockey player, you can't win every game. Right. And you have to learn to live with disappointment. But as I said before, it's how you get up and you bounce back. And that's 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 what you look for in an athlete. Right. They bounce back. They're the ones. They keep Yes, they may up. not win today. Yeah. But you know. Damn well, they're going to go out tomorrow to give it their best shot. They're going to keep showing up and keep Absolutely. putting out their best effort. Yeah. It's hard to ask for more than that, right? You can't ask for more than their best effort. Right. They may not be the most skillful person in any sport, Right. but it's the heart. It's it, the heart you look for. Right. So, so this is a good, so I think this is really interesting. When you've played with a lot of different players over the years, you've coached players over the years, correct? You've been a coach correct, as well. Yeah, I did coach. Now you're sitting on the board of, of uh, or you, you have been on the board, are you? No, on the board? I'm on the board of the New South Wales Rugby League. Okay. So, I mean, you've been across this sport, inside, outside. You've played more than almost anybody. Um, when you're looking at players, you know, some people come in with a lot of talent. Some people put a lot of effort in. Some people have both. What are the things that you're looking for uh, in a human when you're trying to find someone that's going to stand out and, and endure? Well, first of all, you've got to have a look at their character. Okay. For me, their character tells you a lot about them. You look at their character. If, if you know, certainly in sports, sometimes you get the guys that are married and some of the guys that are single. Yep. So they have married, different values at that point, yep. Ho- so hopefully. The, the married guys, are, <laughs> you know, they're, they're looking after their family. It's about the single guys, whether they're party boys and whatever it is. And let me tell you, over the years, I saw a lot of very, very skillful players mm, right. that had more skill than the guy with heart. Right. But they didn't last. Right. So it's the character and the heart that I would look for in any athlete in any sport. Because you want somebody who's going to go out there and fight for every inch, yep. or for every hit every ball in in tennis. They say that's the fight in the dog, not the dog in the size Absolutely. of the fight in the dog, not yeah. the dog in the fight. Yeah. You're looking for the fighter. Yeah. There was a in, in gridiron football. I have a friend who plays for one of the uh, one of my favorite teams. But he, uh, I was asking about a, a fullback who was this big guy who at the beginning of his career with this team was just unstoppable, and gradually he kind of got kind of out of shape was getting fined mm-hmm. for being too heavy different things and i said well, you know what happened and he said yeah he got too caught up in his weekend work meaning yeah. his time off the field with the activities that weren't helping him become a better player it's very hard and and hopefully in 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 the nfl like here they have they have programs for the young guys that are coming through because they get them out of our high school i suppose like your college sure sure where they've got all this fame and and they've got to teach them the values of the club that they need and more money than they probably ever made before. absolutely it's it's all there for them so they want to be party and people who are their friends want to spend time with them take them out and show them off um and that's where it's very important that the programs come from the game right to teach these guys that their responsibilities and, and where they can go and how they can do it. So I think it's really important, actually, we were just saying before about what, what, what advice would you give a youngster who we're working with right now, and you straight out said, don't ever undervalue the power of a mentor or someone to guide you and someone to look up to and someone who's paved the way and made mistakes. And I think in sport, I would love all young players to have a mentor. And is there a lot of that going on right yeah, now? Who, who, well, who was your first mentor? Who was your first great um, coach? Well, my first great coach at the time was an ex-English international. Ah, well, um, you guys let them in here? Yeah, we did. Uh, he actually, yeah. Um, and he, he left after my first year, but the gentleman who came on after that was a fellow by the name of Terry Fernley, who unfortunately has passed away. And he taught me how to play football at that level. Oh, wow. 
the professionalism about getting... I mean, I was a young kid at 18 years of yeah, age Yeah, what was playing. the difference? What was the change? I, I, was, mm. I was 18 years of age playing first grade for Parramatta. Wow. So that was like, wow, everybody wanted to be a friend. But he taught me the value of, of what was ahead of me. Yes. How to train properly, how to prepare. Do you mind? Don't leave anything in the tank. Um, so I'm forever grateful for him. Right. Um, and, you know, even when I went into coaching, I tried to emulate what he taught me, to talk to the kids about maybe you have a future here. Right. But if you don't put in now and, and really dedicate yourself, it still may not happen, but you're not going to give yourself the best chance. Don't go and party, look after yourself, train hard, and you will get the rewards that you deserve. Not everybody's going to be able to play at a professional level. I just had Ralph Gunish on, who's a, he was a, a level two Bundesliga uh, professional player, and he kind of walked through just the basic mathematics of how many spots there are versus how many people are trying out for him and just how difficult you know, getting into professional soccer or football in, in Germany is. And then he, at 32, he got had an injury, and even though he was still playing well and recovered, he was done because nobody wanted to resign him at that point, and he got kind of left at this point where he had to figure out what to do next. He's become a very uh, popular commentator now. When when you're working with these young people, how much of when I mean, we see this in the U.S. with club sports and parents trying to live through their kids, and they think they're all the, every parent thinks they're you know not every parent, but a lot of parents think their kids are going to be these amazing stars and you know there's just only so many kids who are going to get there what are the other values the other opportunities that you can you know so you're you're teaching these values but it goes way beyond the playing field right i guess what i'm that's what i'm trying to get at what i've tried to instill and in, in particularly at at the grassroots level now where i'm on right. the new south wales rugby league is encouraging particularly the younger boys to finish their schooling yep. right still do their schooling yep um whether it's about taking up some sort of apprenticeship or, or TAFE course, right. they still need to concentrate on life after football. Right. If you become a professional athlete, yes, that's fantastic. I'm not sure about the NFL, but in our league, the average age of a first-grade player now is four years. Right. So if Gosh. you come in at 18, at 22... You're done. You're done. Certainly there are some that go on longer and some that go on... So you still have to prepare yourself for life after football. Right. And what is that going to look like? Unfortunately, a lot of them haven't done that. Right. They get to the end, say at 25, they might have a sore leg, and they, what am I going to do now? Yeah. So yeah. We, we need to instill those programs through our clubs right. to, to at least get some mentors in there to say to these guys, hey, guys, you need to do some sort of course, you know, whether it's not a university course or a TAFE course, to prepare yourself for life after footy, right. whether that's one year, five years, ten years. And the clubs do very well at that. Oh, that's awesome. And and we have to continue that. Do you have forced savings programs where players don't just get to spend all the money they make? What what they do now is is predominantly the agents only give them an allowance. That's perfect, yeah. So, you know, you might earn 20000 50000 100000 They give them an allowance to live on. Right. And they bank the rest. That's, so they don't and come out broke. So they don't come out broke. So they actually, you know, and if, 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 if a young guy then gets married and wants to buy a house... He's actually got some savings there for right. So that's that's what the Players Association have started here. Right. And and it's you know, it's a great program. So when you were doing this a few years ago, so you, you started at 17, so you played till you're 34. Did I get that mm-hmm. right? And then you came out at 34. You're still a fairly young man, but you spent the, like the 17 core years where you w- would have been building your career someplace else, and you come out. What happened after you stopped playing? 
in my day, we weren't full professionals. I had a job. Yeah, you had to work. So I was a you know nine to five, nine you know whatever it was. I, I worked in the. I started off being an accountant and ended up in the waste industry, where I still am. Right. So I st- I had a job, and our training came after work. So you would work. It was kind eight of a great four, blessing, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you would go to training. Yeah. And right. you would train three or four days a week. You would play on the weekend, particularly mostly Sundays. So you have to get up on Monday, oh, man, despite being bruised yeah. and battered and cut, and go to work. But it also taught you the value of Sh- working hard. Showing up, yeah. And and the money in those days certainly wasn't big, but it was the money that allowed you to buy the house right? when you got married and have the kids. But It was the, the extra income. That's what it was. You either did that or you did nothing. It, isn't it kind of like... It, what, what we see, I think, a lot in this business in particular is that people say, I don't have time, right? Now, here you are, you have a full-time job, plus you have what would effectively be a full-time pro career today, and you're managing to fit all that in, plus a wife, plus kids. I met your wife, beautiful, beautiful uh, lady. Tell me your wife's name one more time. Kathy. Kathy. I'm so sorry, Kathy. We had a great conversation yesterday, um, and I blanked for a second there. But the, uh, she's beautiful. I met your, your daughter and her partner at the game, uh, Ben and... Uh, Le- Carly. Carly, yep, sorry. Um, I've met a lot of new people the last two days, <laughs> and there was a lot of... Uh, we, were, we were enjoying that. this national beverage they have here, in addition to excess in Australia, <laughs> called beer. Beer. Yeah, beer, mate. Beer, Because Ben's here, I think I need to bring this up. Um, it was my first grand final... And one of the things that we decided to do was um, have a beer sculling competition <laughs> with Ben. And Ben Ben's Australian. I'm American. Mm-hmm. And so most people would expect the Australian would easily win a beer sculling competition. We did it on video. There's some, you know, it's kind of like the grand final. There's some discrepancy on, on who won, although it appears to be you know, the American one. Well, How does that make you feel? Did you lose Gracious bit? hosts oh, to our international okay. visitor, yeah, just yeah. so you could just keep his confidence up. But it, it I, I'm not Thank sure. You. My uh, confidence we do is need, very well, There's a bit of controversy in the grand final with the uh, the referee making a big call there at the end, and I, I don't know that it's we've actually edited the video and looked at it yet and analysed. So perhaps very close. <laughs> Part of the sculling <laughs> is that when you finish your beer, you've got to put it on your head. That's correct. Well, that's, let's see, that's Aussie so that rules. We don't rule have that rule in the US. You, you're yeah. in our country. You I, have to follow our rules. I, I, well, I don't follow <laughs> rules well, but I, I will learn from my mistakes. Yeah. You put it on the You'll ground. be more prepared next time. I put time. it on my yes. head. And, yeah, I think when, when in Rome. Yeah. Well, what Party we have like to do is get David out here when we have a state of origin game. Ooh. And oh. they're, they're as big as, yeah. as the grand final because oh, it's wow. our state versus Queensland. Wow. This has been going on for, oh, God, so, I played in... So North. states in Australia, so there's New South Wales, there's Victoria, it's, there's Queensland. Yeah, but it, it, this one is only between New South Wales mm. and Queensland. It's the only one that matters. So New South Wales have won the last two, but prior to that, it was like 11 years in a row we couldn't win. Oh, wow. Um, and I've got to take some responsibility for that because I was a selector at the time. <laughs> the New South Wales. It was a dynasty, wasn't it? But yeah. that's been going since 1980. And to a degree, they're actually probably bigger than than the grand final it's amazing wow. it's so big there's a bigger there's a much more heavier competition it's probably oh, prestigious yeah. to win the origin than it is to win the grand final isn't it yeah. and i still can't understand and that. that's sometimes i don't get it because some of our players playing for our country as in the green and gold yeah. which i had a desire to has taken a back step to playing for your state now because <laughs> that game is so big right yeah. well it's more personal right it is we, um, we have that in the u.s so we have like the i grew up in michigan 
and I think it was one of the biggest rivalries, the Michigan-Michigan State game. Oh, um, yes. You know, all the right, all the correct people choose the University of Michigan, the Wolverines, um, because you know nobody likes a Spartan, but you can tell which side yeah. I'm on. But uh, but it's I don't like the Spartans either. Yeah, good, probably. good. Yeah, thank you, thank you for just establishing internationally nobody likes the Spartans. <laughs> but um, no, but you know they look, they're both great schools and they both have great teams and uh, friends who don't let their friends, you know, friends who friends who who have friends don't let them go to Michigan State that's just mm -hmm. how it works but the the um, this is great I, I get to have the microphone no one's pushing back on this this is so much fun um, two of the people I work with at Amway uh, among many went to Michigan State <laughs> Brandy Heiser and, and Calvin Sy on our team so they're they, they would disagree with this analysis but um, but the thing is it because it's so personal, because it's all in one state, because it's family. You know, yeah. my brother-in-law was a linebacker for Michigan State, so he, of course, has very strong opinions about mm -hmm. Michigan State. My grandpa went to the University of Michigan, so my dad, when I was growing up, we were always going to the big house, you know, to see the University of Michigan play. But I think those become so personal, so intimate. Yeah. What mate, we mate call it is it, it's state versus state. Right. Versus and mate, mate versus mate. Mm. So <laughs> there will be some guys that actually play together over a weekend for their teams. Right. Line up against and each other. And they're actually no, no, when you use, when you use And they try to kill each other. And when you use the term mate... It's a little different in the U.S. than it is in Australia. You're talking and about mate is a bros. Buddy. Yeah. yeah, buddy. Brother, buddy. Yeah. It's not, not the person you're sleeping with. Brothers. No. Okay, good, yeah. just to be clear. And you'd, you'd see there's, there's footage of play teammates absolutely Going nuts, bringing right? back the oh, yeah. diff and yeah. absolutely hitting each yeah. other crazily. And, and that's the beauty of it, as you say, whether it's the Michigan universities right. Pick your teams, or yeah. our state versus state, right. it's, it's, it's the, the state pride. Right. And, and over the many years, it's... It was certainly violent when it started because yeah. they were... They it were defines who you are, and you're putting that on yeah. the line. I mean, sport was really created, right? I mean, the reason... I mean, like, soccer was one of the early big ones. Rugby's another one. But, you know, the reason sports were created is so that states could have competition without war. And it's, so it's not surprising that sometimes fights break out at yeah. these things. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen fights in the rugby field? Oh, yes. Oh, wait. Yeah. Isn't, isn't <laughs> rugby a fight where the sport breaks out once in a while? It does. <laughs> We, not these uh, look, days as much, is it? It's it's not so much now because they've brought in the rules. But quite regularly, it's there's still punch ups. Everybody will be in there punching up, and they get it out of their system, and they want to play footy. So you have scrums in rugby where you're all kind of in a dog pile, or you're mm -hmm. all kind of piling top of each other. When you know in sportsmanship in the professional era, I'm, I'm sure is a little bit better. But when you're in the bottom of that pile of people and you're a top player, a player that's been there for a while, do people uh, do things they ought not to? Uh, occasionally you might come out with some of the sprigs on in your hands <laughs> or you scrape all down your leg where somebody <laughs> yeah. accidentally trat on you. Yeah. Um, look, in, in the old days it was certainly much more violent than it is now. Um, but I still say that's what you had to do. You need a bit of cupping. Squirrel grip, I think it's called. Yeah, squirrel grip. A bit of squirrel grip. And they had a saying that people can't run without heads. Well, and, right, yeah, yeah. Well, and you were saying too, like back then, if it was televised, there was one camera, right? Yeah. It was away with everything. I mean, yeah. these days they've got yeah. multi cameras yeah. looking at every angle. It's yeah. impossible to make a mistake. And, and and look, basically, you, you you went out there to protect yourself more than anything. Right. The football came later because the first five to ten minutes was what they call the softening up area, where everybody just pounding each other, pounded each other, and then everybody relaxed and played footy after that. Um, but it's a different era now, and um, look, the guys that play today, probably faster, fitter, stronger. I was going to say, a size change to people yeah, bigger? Yeah, absolutely, because they get them now um, at age 14, 
and they school them through and they get them on the right food, the right supplements, the right training. So, right. you know, they're all 6'2", six, 6'3", six, you know, probably 100 kilos, whereas right. we had some fatties that played with us, right. some real skinny guys. But you had some thick fellas who could break through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't see fat guys playing a game anymore. No, especially rugby. Well, well, Papale- is it Papalea? Is that how you say his name? Who's Papali. 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 You were, you were reading up on his top speed. 33, for the US. 33 kilometers an hour, is that right? Like 23, 24 miles an hour at top speed anyways. A hundred and... He'd be about 115, 120. Yeah, so he's like 230, 40 pounds. They had someone do the analysis, right, and what it felt like getting hit by him at yeah. full speed. And what'd they say? It's like being it dropped like, three stories. Yeah, like skydiving, someone falling on you. Yeah. To that effect, yeah. Unbelievable. And he's a, yeah. you wow. see him out there, even from the, we were, we had great seats. We could see the field. He stood out. I mean, he's a big fella with some thick arms and, mm. you know, I would probably let somebody else tackle that guy if I were out there. <laughs> you don't have that choice when you're in no, front of No, no, you got to just go for the legs, but I guess. that's what I'm saying. I mean, um, it wasn't until four years after I'd been playing that I touched my first serious weights. Really? Right, really? Now, oh, yeah. It, it just wasn't done in my day. Right. Um, most of the fitness was, you know... Bicep curls. Running on the road for 10 kilometres to get yourself fit. So it wasn't actually about strength. More about cardio. Cardio as well, but you say the strength came later. Okay. And now they're all now it's power, isn't it? Now it's all about the power. Yeah. You, yeah. you look at a Papali, he would he would average out of an eighty minute game and we played in two forty minute halves. Yeah. He would only play fifty to fifty five minutes. But they train them for his fifteen minutes or right. twenty minutes. Right. Then he has maximum rest. performance, yeah. yeah. And I suppose it's like, you know, the the linemen. Right. Have a look at the linemen in, in NFL. It's all about that thrust explosion yeah. at the line, and then they get a break. It's it's in the U.S. especially with American football, like gridiron. You know, it's, there's a lot of stoppage, and yeah. so they're exploding off the line. There's literally a few minutes of yeah. maximum. It's probably thirty mm. to sixty but that's seconds. Say, I mean, I, I I watch a lot of NFL because I really love it. Yeah, I've been to a few games, but you have a look at the linemen up the front. You wouldn't think some of them were athletes, right? Particularly, you know, because they're so big and they, you know they they carry a bit. But it's yeah. that explosive energy that they need for that 15 seconds right. when the ball snapped. Well, well, exactly. If you think, I mean, if you take the spectrum of, let's say, gridiron, which is American football, to what I would say is either like uh, Aussie rules or soccer. I mean, there's very little, not, not as much hitting in soccer. But the, the physical uh, size and shape changes a lot Absolutely. depending on how much you're running and how much hitting you have to do. Well, particularly in the, the um, AFL and the soccer, you're right, it's a 90 minute game and they're running right. all the time. Right. Whereas in our game and, and not so much in the NFL, it's more about you also need your endurance, but right. you need that physicality as well. It's the combination. It's a combination. Yeah. So that's the beauty about all sports is the fact that not, you know, there are probably a lot of athletes can play all of them. I would say that'd be in five percent. Right. Of course, you, you need different characters to play different positions in our game. Right. As you say, if you're a running back, you know you're the speedy guy who can catch the ball exactly. way above his head. Right. We so, had an incident. I mean, Jared Hayne took it, took himself over and had a, a year with the NFL, didn't he? He was from Parramatta. And yeah. Didn't. Who, who did he play for? I, don't, I apologize. I don't know. Uh, it was one of the New York. I think he got a, a trial with the New York Jets. Okay. And and he played for my he played team. Played a few games. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Superb athlete at our level, which, which, but couldn't make it. Which which position was he playing? I think he tried for a running, running back. back. Running back. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's just it's also just hard to change sports at that level, right? Because he, there's he so was, many nuances. There's so many little things you have to learn. He tried it when he was thirty. 
Yeah, and it's that's if he'd have possibly tried it as a young kid, twenty six. And, yeah. and, and let's be honest, they do take kids over there, um, particularly AFL players, mm. to become kickers. They put them through the college. Oh wow! And do that. That's quite, yeah. quite yeah. common now, isn't it? And 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 if if somebody like him, if they'd have got him at age nineteen and gone over there, he could have been a success. Gotten the training in, but and, yeah. trying to understand the nuances of, of NFL yeah. after playing all the elite sport over here was just too hard for him. But he had a dream. But he got and to it, play too, by the way. That's yeah, pretty cool. It was huge. Yeah. I remember talking to him about it, and everybody was going, "Oh, why are you doing this?" Yeah. And I said, "Follow your dream." Yeah. If you have a dream to to at least try, you'll all you won't die wondering because you had a go. Yep. Well, there's not many dual international type sort of players, is there? We no. like playing at the top in more than one sport, and yeah. whatnot. that was his dream, and he did it. Didn't he did he? it. Especially yeah. cross continent. I mean, it's one Correct. thing if yeah, you, you know, if you grow up in two different sports, and like there's a couple people that have done that in the US and probably here too. But you know, when you're when you're crossing continents, crossing sports, crossing cultures, that's a pretty big barrier to break through. That's yeah. a pretty big deal. Yeah. So as just, a, just know, to get there is huge. He, yeah. he had a go and. And I don't blame him for it because, you know, that's what we say. You we tried. If you don't follow your dream, yeah. you're never going to achieve it. Plus, you got to live in New York. I mean, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on there. Living that's, in New York. Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, not forever, but at least for a year. That's yeah, pretty cool. And, and then, look, he, he's he's back here now, and he, he tried to make a comeback into our game, but he was just you, that old. You're a little old then, but, yeah. But, uh, so, you know, so I saw him recently, and, and, and he's doing very well. So, so talking to young you know, young people today, whether they're, you know, they're thinking about going into pro sports or looking at starting a business of their own or creating a career, going to school, what are the, if you were going to give somebody breakdown, like, you know, as a mentor yourself, as a coach yourself, where to focus, how, how does somebody figure out, should I be even considering this as a pro career? Should I be thinking about sport? What, what should I be doing? Well, my, my view is, is that you have to mentor them to understand that not everything is going to go right for them. Right. We, we, they are going to have some setbacks in their life. And, and I get back to, it's not how hard you go down, it's how you get up. In this business, we all have setbacks. Right. But it's about your willingness to continue to drive and succeed. And that's in your schoolwork. Sometimes, you know, during the schoolwork, it got too hard and you go, uh, but you needed to go back to it. Right. Same with sport. You need to give it everything you've got. And in this business... Yes, it can be frustrating because it's a people business. Right. And you're dealing with people, and some people may let you down. But you can't let that worry you. Sometimes you just got to put it in your back pocket. Right. And say, that one didn't work out. Where's the next one? Do you think it makes sense, too, when people identify? I mean, one, I think, is being honest about where you're at is a big deal. You know, hey, this isn't working. I'm not succeeding here. And when you see that, do you think at that point, maybe one of the first questions should be, where can I get help? I think a lot of us feel like we have to do it ourselves. Like we think we see these top athletes and we see them succeed out on the field. And there's kind of this, this mythos that like that, that person did it all on their own or you know, they're self-made in the, in the West. We kind of think about that. Is that, is that how it works? Well, I, I think very, people in this business here are very fortunate that they have been fizzy. Right. And despite who they're actually under, they can actually get to Ben and Ben will spend time with them right. and say, is it working for you, not working for you, and, and give them encouragement. And that's that's one of the beauties about this business is no matter where you are, there is always somebody there to help you. Right. Because let's be frank, we've all been through it. Right. We've all been through the hard times, the good times. Yes, it's working for us. And you've got to rely on those people who predominantly your your app line who have done it all for you. And they're only willing enough to sit down with you and say, 
Have you tried this? What about this? Keep up your chin. It'll happen for you. You've just got to keep pushing forward. And that's one of the things I think about this business is that there is so much encouragement around it. Mm. You know, if if you're not doing it properly, they may be able to say, well, try this. Sure. We've got a, we've got a line we like to use. That no one gets left behind. I think I told you this before. And, I, and it really it makes sense. I mean, Absolutely. you put your hand up for help. Someone's going to be there to help you. Yeah. And we, have, we unconditionally love people all the way through. But in, term, in terms of sport, I mean, as soon as that... That body packed it up. You sort of left on the scrap heap, aren't you? And you kind of like you're just the number. Yeah, well, that's you're a part of a commercial. Have business. you got any scar tissue? I've got a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look. When when I retired, I, I knew it was time for me to retire. I was I was getting needled in my hand because it was broken. Yeah. I was getting needled in the groin because I'd done my groin. Yeah. And and I woke up one morning with about seven games to go in our competition, and I knew. You, it, was it was just it. I was done. Yeah. And I went to my coach at the time and said. Mate, I'm done. And he looked at me and going, what do you mean I'm done? I said, mate, my desire had gone. Right. And he just said, look, hang around and you know, I want to continue to play. So I went I went on the bench for him rather than being a starting player. Um, so I was new. I knew when it was done. And, and most athletes know when they're done. Right. Some people make the decision at the right time. Right. Some go too far and, and tarnish the reputation. Right. And and I, I wasn't going to do that. Right. I, I, you know, yeah. I knew when it was happening. Yeah. We, we've all it. seen that in athletes. They just sometimes don't have that mentor that says, tap me on the shoulder. It's actually time to get out with your reputation intact. Yeah. Well, maybe sometimes people need to know it's okay to quit too, right? That Absolutely. Because we're so, sometimes if you're performing at a high level, you're working through so much pain, you're working through, I can, I can get through this. There's a point where people, sometimes a friend says, it's okay to quit now. It's okay to quit now. When... And you're almost at the end of your professional career. I mean, your your post, yeah, your working career as well. You've had a great career in waste management, which is kind of the cutting edge of a lot of industries right now with recycling and upcycling and all these kind of things we were talking about the other day that are going on. Um, what comes next for you? Because you know, you're not. I don't think you're finished yet. No, look, I, I, I'm I'm not ready to to retire yet because what I've said is. When I don't enjoy it anymore, yeah. I'm going to quit. And, and my boss had a discussion with me the other day because he calls myself and another guy the Grey Hair Brigade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wants us to hang around. And he said, look, even if you want to cut back to three or four days, and we talk about the mentoring, sure. I want you to be around to mentor the next people. Institutional knowledge is yeah. a big thing. So, yeah. um, and, and what I also, because I'm on the New South Wales Rugby League board, which is, is the one below the NRL, which we went to the game. And what I love about that is is the people in there, all they're worried about, apart from the governance, is getting kids a game. Wow. So we start here, I think it's probably a bit different in, in the States, kids start playing at six. Right. And and they the age group's all the way up. So the, the, the competitions I look after are not at the top level, like the NRL. I look at third and fourth tier. Right. So I'm the chairman of those those competitions, and we had our grand finals last week. Yes, they get paid, but they don't get paid the big money. These are the guys that still go out and work. How, how old are they? Oh, this is so. This is they're in the playing. They're age, still like playing, professional age. and they're getting paid, but it's not big bucks. Right, right. But they still have a desire to play competitive rugby, whether they're 25, 21, but they're not at that elite level. Sure. Um, and they want to go out every week and play footy and enjoy themselves. Right. And so that's where mine is. My my desire going forward is to be able to make sure that the kids. Get those games right. at under six or under eight, and also have those levels below the senior levels, right. 
where people can still play the sport. And, and we talked too a little bit about you. You coach with with your own children with Carly, and you have two kids. I have two boys. Two yeah. okay. So Carly and Jessica are the girls. So yeah. I have two boys. Okay. So yeah. you're coaching. You coached your own kids in soccer. You said right. I did when they when they first started playing sport at age five and six. It was soccer. Yeah. So I was a coach, which looked a bit strange because I was playing mm. first grade rugby. <laughs> right, right. And I'm because the coach in those days was on the field, you know. Mm. As kids did at that age, it's all it's like, like a around right. a honey pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. They, and and people would look at me and go, doesn't matter. I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm just I'm thankful my kids wanted to play a sport. And, and what were the lessons that you brought from your professional career, etc., onto the field with five and six year olds? Or <laughs> all, all you can talk about in in, in with five and six year olds is 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 the fundamentals of it the game. Right. So I read up as much as I could about soccer to understand what the fundamentals of soccer were. Right. You know, how to trap the ball, how to kick it, um, you know, how to head it and how to do this. And and that's all I concentrated on with kids because you can't say to the kids, well, you get out there and we'll, we'll run this move. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's about not understand the fundamentals. Place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and hopefully they will still enjoy their game and want to come back next week. So... That's what I concentrated on. So make it fun. Make get it the fun. fundamentals. Yeah. Hopefully go out and, and play some. That's some one ball. of the big things in sport now is is, and they're talking about it. And we're talking about it at New South Wales. We tend to lose them when they get to about fifteen to eighteen. Right. They start experiencing girls and you know with the boys, so they, they tend to drop more, away from more sport. options, right? More yeah. options, and we've got to encourage them to to stay in the game, not so much our game, whether it's soccer or other stay in sport because they're bonds that they'll have forever the bonds i've created sure i have forever i went to a reunion on saturday out at the sydney cricket ground which is past australian players and a lot of the guys come down from queensland and everywhere in the country regions and you may only see them once a year at this reunion but you start talking to them and they remind you of something that you did and they did and that's a bond that that will never break Right. And that's what I say to the kids. These are the bonds that you're going to form and the relationships for the rest of your life. So it is a good lesson. So, so the relationship them. becomes the most important piece yeah, of the sport. Absolutely, because you're going to have that in your working life or in your sporting life. It's how you react to other people right. in your life, in a lot of cases, that defines you. Well, in the information age today, I remember growing up when, you know, 20 years ago, every kid in the street would be out playing cricket, playing yeah. footy, running around and you grow up and these days they're all on their iPads they're all dig- yeah. digitally Screen chatting time. to their friends yeah. and we're losing that community bonding mentoring well I have a, a right. yeah, yeah I have a 13 year old grandson he loves his cricket and he loves his soccer um, but he, we, we normally try to have him once a week um, and he comes in the house and I say put your iPad over there and your phone over there Yeah. happy to do anything with you or go out the back and kick a ball and do whatever we would do but you're not going to do that while you're but, here. But no screen time and, here. And he's good. Yeah. He goes, yep, I understand the rules. That's awesome. And yeah. he enjoys it. And he finds other things. Loves and he's it. perfectly well, he happy. He scored his first 100 two weeks ago. Uh, wait, no, okay, so what's that? Sorry, his first 100 in cricket. Okay. 100. Uh, that's a milestone. I scored 100 in the backyard at Mum's. You haven't heard that one? <laughs> one of Australia's best. <laughs> to, to get 100 at age 13 in a cricket match is, is something for That's a big him, deal. Yeah. So he's a, he's, a, he's a chip off the old block. I was crap at yeah. <laughs> cricket. It wasn't my game. Thankfully, I found a game I was reasonably good at. Right, right. Yeah, no, no. 
Well, that's awesome. So, so let me ask you this. So, you know, I, I think we talk about our business, you know, whether the things we do with Excess and Neutralite and, and, you know, the brands that we work with. Our business is really about relationships, even though there's products that support it and, and there's revenue and income that supports it, et cetera. But that's kind of an afterthought for, I think, people who are really successful. How did you meet Ben and how did you, uh, how, does, how does this business connect to these other communities that you have? Well, I was actually going to Ben's gym. Ah, and so Ben was a wife, trainer. Ben was a trainer. So oh. I was going there and I'd, I'd, I'd finished playing and I put on weight. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh no, I'll, I'll go and get fit. I was going there three, four mornings was a week. It, was it earlier now? I may be wrong, but you, you and Kath got married. Was it was that how it started? Because then she did our program and she needed to lose two kilo. I mean, no, she looks great. By the way, I mean, yeah. you have a beautiful yeah. wife and she's in well, great so shape. I, I came in and because we were getting married, but they say it was also about fitness, and I had to lose just under twenty kilos before she'd marry me. <laughs> how many? Twenty. So that's about 44. forty pounds. Oh. Yeah. Well, so because a, what happened is small, even, yeah, small even when I finished playing and I coached, I used to get up every morning and still run. Sure. Run, 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 really? run. And I got up one day after about 20 years and went, oh, my God, I've been doing this for so long. Mm. I'm stopping. Were you having a lot of pain in your... No, no, I just decided I'd been doing it for so long. Enough. And that's when I piled on the weight and that's uh. when I came. So Kath introduced me to not only the gym but the program, uh. which I've been on now for nearly 10 years. Weight loss coaching works. Yep. yep. Um, so then, then we obviously got into the business behind that. And... I've referred it to so many of my friends who, who have Similar. been through what I did. Sure. Um, particularly football players and workers. Now, I, you, you say that, you know, I work in the waste industry. So I, in our business, we have like 600 trucks throughout Australia. Sure. We're putting in a program now to actually try and get our drivers to be healthy. Well, wow. do you have some drivers that are overweight? Yes, and I've <laughs> had two on the program already. Oh, that's great. But being a referral business, the other drivers look at them and go, wow, you look great. Right. And, and, but that's what I'm saying. They lose the weight, but they also have a look at their skin. Right. They've lost the weight. They've lost 30 kilos, but skin, their skin is so, better. so much better. And they feel, they're jumping out and of their trucks healthy, now. Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, I, I well, still Jeff's, talk about. Jeff's changed a lot of his mates' lives through simply being a product of the product, doing the program, and, and the guy's asking the question. I can't remember the guy's name who got stuck in the tunnel in Vietnam. He tells the story. Oh, he like went, down to clear he a He went to Chuchi. Couldn't yeah. get out of the... Couldn't get out of the tunnel. Oh, jeez. And, and I've still got photos of him, which I remind him, but he's been doing the program now for five or six years. And he came back and I said, mate... Transformed, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you're just a fatty, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you said? I had to give it to him. Well, he's your, yeah, he's your buddy, you <laughs> yeah. can say that. I had to give it to him. But, but he's paid it forward to right. his friends as well. And that's, that's the beauty of, of Ben's program is that people, people see what I've got and they want it. It's, and let me ask you this. So I think in the West in particular, it's, it's actually going throughout the world, unfortunately, because the Western diet's going everywhere. Mm, um, you know, people are getting heavier. Uh, obesity and diabetes in most of the Western world now is the number one cause of preventable disease and death. You know, we like to say at excess that sugar is the new cigarettes, yep, uh, particularly high fructose corn syrup. Here's a, I have a question. If, if, you know, for people who want to change, who want to transform, are there people that can't do this program or is, can pretty much everybody do this? My own view is everybody can do it. It's whether they have the desire to change. Mm. We call it a 10 out of 10, don't we? Absolutely. There, there are a lot of people that go, and, and that's the beauty of it being a referral, is that 
they want what we've got. Mm. Some people go, oh, it's too hard. That's fine. That's your decision. We never force anybody. Yeah. But then, in a lot of cases, Ben would have seen it. Six months down the track, somebody else has done the program and looking fantastic, you know, with the supplements and lost, losing the weight, and they go, okay, I'll give it a go now. Mm. And that tends to happen a lot. Maybe it starts to be believable, right? Is that it part is. of it? Most yeah. people need to see it five times, don't they? And particularly they when you, believe when it. you talk people. about the story about the outside looks great, but what's internally? Right. The visceral fat. You know, we need to control that. And particularly, as you say, with people getting obese, we need to have a look at what's inside. And that's where the beauty of the supplements come in. Right. Because, yes, they help you with your skin and, and everything, but it's it's the internal, and it makes them feel great. Getting your gut health right so you're, you can have a foundation Everything comes from the gut. Do, do you also think, like, I mean, one of the things that, that I've found, I, I, I'd never played professional sports. You know, you know, I could have. I just wasn't good enough. Um, but the uh, that's a joke we say in America. But the uh, <laughs> all these guys are like I could they have played professional you? sports. Yeah, I just, just wasn't, wasn't good enough. Good enough. Yeah, <laughs> that um, But yeah, other than that, I had everything. But the um, you know, the, at least when you're playing it at the university level, even if you're not, we were playing Division Three. It wasn't the height of university sports. But you're playing like a job. Like you're yep. working hard. You're breaking through some personal barriers. You're fighting through a lot of pain to get to this better performance. You start to understand how that works. One of the things that, that I've seen is when people haven't done that before, maybe they've been chubby or a little heavy for most of their life, they're kind of used to that being a part of their who they are. That's the norm. Do you think there's a mental component that some of those people just have a really hard time saying, well, I could never, that could never be me? I think that's part of it because, as you say, as it, maybe as a young child, they, they were overweight. So they right. just carried that on. Right. Um, but they've got to have the desire to want to change. Right. You know, you can't talk anybody into right. being healthy. They have to have that moment where it just goes click and I'm going to be healthy. Now, that comes around whether you're getting married, having children, right. having grandchildren. Right. Right. In this program, I've seen a lot of people go, you know what, I've, I've lost the weight here so I can actually get down with my grandchildren. Yes, we were yeah. talking with, um, there's a couple we were talking to yesterday that each lost about 50 or 60 kilos, which is like yeah. 100 pounds each. Mm. Um, and they were saying, you know, I wouldn't be able to get down on my knees and play with my yes. grandkids. And sometimes yeah. that's the light right. that people need. As I said to you, they've, they've still got to want to have the desire to do it for themselves. You can't force anybody to right. do it. Right, right. But the beauty is, and, and, and the more that Ben puts through his program, and who knows how many there are, because it's a, a referral business, the more people that see them want to do it. Do you think it matters that they have a coach and they're in a community? I think that's part of it is that they have to, you know, they check in each day. They have somebody that's actually checking on them. Supporting somebody them. Somebody that cares about them. Yeah. There, there's, there's no, nothing bad that you can say to the people, what you can say to them is, well, I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't try that. Mm. Right. And, and, and they listen because they want to be healthy. They want to look good. Right. And you know what's and really, really exciting about it is we've got a pretty strong focus on families. We're, we're like, our core value is healthy families. So, right? so we did the walk today. Yeah. And there were infants there. There were young kids on bikes. And there were a lot of their grandparents. And there were people, younger people. Yeah, we got like, you know, as soon as you can walk, you can come on and walk with us. Or even um, prams or strollers, we call them prams. Yeah. So babies, we had little Alice today. She was four months old. Four months old. She's starting to pick up stuff. She's hearing stuff. She's seeing her mum, what she's doing. Part of her life. So we have, you know, six, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids now that are like living 
healthy principles because they're watching what their parents are doing. They're right. not doing what the parents are telling them to do or what their school teacher says. They are, it's monkey see, monkey do. They're copying, aren't they? And I think for me, that's the most gratifying thing is seeing a kid come in and, and, and copy the parent. I love that so much. Or but the what they're even. seeing, Ben, is, is mum and dad eating healthy at home. Right. So they're going to take that into their teenage years as well and into their adult years because they're the lessons and we, we get back to learning the lessons from your parents and, and, and whoever it is. They're learning the lessons at a young age and they will carry on. Right. And that's the beauty of this. As you say, the kids come along and having fun. Yeah. Um, and you've got to make it fun for them as well. Sure. But the more kids we can generate in this system, the better it's going to be for everybody. No, I totally agree. I mean, that was we talked about that yesterday when I used to coach kids soccer. You know, we were playing AYSO, which was not club or anything really high performance. And part of the part of your job as a coach is to figure out what to do with the kids who don't want to be there, right? Yeah. And so we just tried to make this. And I also don't think young boys can really hear you. I think it's like Charlie Brown, where it's just like want, want, want. So. You know, you got to play with them. You got to get them talking. It's all those kinds of things. But one of the things I noticed was, you know, these kids who were at, playing at a club level were asking my son if they could come to our practices because they were just so much fun, right? We were doing a lot of short-sighted games, yeah. things that teach you the fundamentals of the sport. Um, and I think what I what I see here, like I went with you guys today, had a blast doing it, is people are talking, they're walking, they're having fun, they're looking forward to this. Yeah, they want to be there. And you, you're also doing something with men, which I think is a little bit breakthrough, where you're yeah, you're well, giving men a chance to have a community too, right? We'll experience this tomorrow morning. We're going to get you up at five, and we're going to go for a walk around Sydney Harbour. And it's one of those things that we're wow. really looking forward to now is getting together as a bunch of men, and 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 really, you know, we lose a lot of men lose themselves or find there's a stage in your life where you sort of start to you're working hard you you know you lose that community you have you've lost your sporting sort of identity and yeah so we've got a group of men that get together in the morning and walk and, and talk it's and we also just connect, been, don't we yeah it, you know we call it the men's shed but the what men, is it called the men's shed the men's shed okay well cool. a lot of men's sheds around yeah we, yeah <laughs> but, but what is there it anything is special is, i have to wear tomorrow for this <laughs> just, just the thong. but it's 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 an australian colloquialism basically you know the guys would go out into the shed and do the you know fix up their cars or yeah, you know, have a couple beers whatever yeah but yeah and, but what it is 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 men men are tougher to get through than women right we know that right they won't admit that they've got a problem right the women well, if you just will bury talk. It. Well, if you just bury it, you don't have a problem. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, the men, so the idea of this is getting the men together and, and they walk and talk. And, and being vulnerable. And, and one's vulnerable, vulnerable two's yeah. vulnerable, three's yeah. vulnerable. It, it, yeah, it's a, it's a safe it place. It becomes to, a safe place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and the, uh, I 100% agree. I, I noticed with, with my own boys and other boys was, you know, if, if we're sitting down and, and trying to talk, it's one word answers. How was school today? Mm, Fine. Yeah. yeah. It's like we'd say, hey, you have to use a whole sentence here, right? <laughs> but if you're, if you're going out, like if I'd go out surfing with them or I'd go out hiking with them or you do yeah. something with them where they're moving, all of a sudden they're, their they, tongues open they're, up their and tongues they start, open up and they start yeah. telling you that what's really going yeah. on. The, like the, for me with the surf team, you know, the kids are in middle school, grade school, middle school, high school. It's like they don't, they lose all their filters because they forget that there's a parent there. And also, I think yeah. we were fairly safe parents, but They're it's relaxed. like all of a sudden you hear everything that's going on. My wife said to me one time, she goes, you know, one of our theories was we wanted an open policy in our home. You could talk about anything. You, you wouldn't necessarily get in trouble, right? 
and part of the, I said, the, one of the things we discovered was then you really hear everything. And it's not that they're doing things differently than we did, but my parents never knew what we were doing, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. If you watch 80s, 1980s movies, there's never any parents around, right, with, when it's teenagers. And I think today parents are more involved. And I, I think also with adult men, there's more involvement where it's just, there's a point now where we can say, hey, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about these things. Yeah. So what are the things that, what are some of the things that come up in the men's shed? Well, I mean, we've, we've only been really starting it. We've been done it for about three months now. So we have a topic of the month, and the first month, uh, the topic was being a healthy male role model. Mm. And what is a male role model? And, and, and a lot of kids today grow up with uh, female school teachers, female, mm. female, female, and they miss mm. out on having that man in their life. So we're, we're pretty, uh, um, we're a lot of young kids that come along, and we talk about like single parent families. They're not getting, um, they're not learning how to be a man. And whatever that means, like, I mean, we, we ask them to be a bit vulnerable sometimes with that stuff. And they're, they're, so we opened up about that. And second, and last month we spoke about, uh, I guess, depression. Mental health is a, a really it's big a area. It's a huge deal, yeah. And it's okay to not be okay. And it, we have the Are You Okay Day in Australia, and that was a pretty big topic. And, to, and tomorrow, in fact, I think is World Health Mental Day or Thursday. So it's a really big area that we're... Uh, we're focusing in on and um, this month we're talking about failing forward mm. so you know it's okay to fail as long as you fail forward sure and, and bounce back fast so just it's, it, there's lots of areas that Getting we're delving into the whole idea with the men is that, that they feel relaxed enough to be able to talk about it yeah because they won't go home and talk to their wives about it if they're feeling vulnerable or they're having you know shitty day yeah yeah you can, Whereas you can the say men, shitty out loud on yeah, this podcast so, it's okay <laughs> so the, the men where they feel relaxed enough and walk right and you get their minds, as you say, mm. off their issues, right. and they may they may open up to you. Right. So it's given them the opportunity to have somebody that would listen to them that may have been through the same thing. Right. May be able to mentor yeah. them. Right. And, and, and feeling a, comfortable. And and we're not experts by any means on this, but what we did, I researched a little bit about it, and we use the word ALIC as an acronym, and it stands for Ask, How You Going? L is for Listen. E is for just encourage them and C is to check in. Right. So we're simply just sitting and sometimes just listening is enough for someone who's having a bad day just you know, to get it off their chest. Last weekend I was at a, another uh, event with some business owners and there was a couple who you would look at. They're from New Zealand, super sharp couple. They have a, you know, what they call a founder's ruby business. So that means they're running a, mm. and they're qualifying at the beginning of the month. They have, you know, from the from the appearance, everything's kind of yeah. perfect, right? Yeah. They're like the the, the, the people you'd absolutely want to work with. And the wife did a talk about how she has this inner game going on all the time about, you know, in her head, about whether she's good enough, whether she can do it, whether or not. And, you know, she, she talked about a story where, she, you know, she had gone out to an, a, something she had to do. Her husband was home with the kids. She came home, lights are out, everyone's in bed. And she got all worked up because she had been out doing all this stuff. She hadn't felt like she had been successful. And, you know, she got weepy, started crying. And, and she kind of talked about it in a funny way, too, where she's like, you know, I slammed the door, got my husband to wake up and give me some, some emotional support, et cetera. But, but one of the things I think that people felt was just her telling that story gave a lot of people permission to say, you know, I have the same inner game going on in my head, and maybe I'm not alone, and maybe this is something we're all dealing with, and, and all of a sudden, it's not this overwhelming thing, it's something that we're all working on together. We all have right. issues in our lives, right. and it's whether you're prepared, whether it's your partner, or have a good mate, as right. I would say, that I could go to and say, hey, I've got this going on. 
Um, and you've got to feel comfortable in your own yeah. skin to be able to do that. Right. Um, and some people can't. Right. But that's that's the beauty of the men. Being in community stories. and having a safe yeah. place Find to, stories, to do, do all the work. Yeah. yeah. We're really big on sharing stories. If you're open, we say, hey, you're here for the first time today. Why are you here? Hey, I'm just wanting to find out what it's all about. Or, you know what, I really need some help and I'm, I want, and I'm struggling at the minute and I'm feeling down. I just want to hang, around, hang out with some guys. And, and one person says that and it's a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. And they go, you know what, I'm the same. I yeah. feel the same. And it's okay not to be okay. And I think we're all battling with something at some stage. Yeah. But we really can't do what you say and put it in, and bury it. We've got to let it out. We've got to talk about it and be open about it. Do you do you do this in your own family as well, like with your kids? I do. I do. Yeah. You talk about this a lot. Yep. And has that been a good thing? Your kids well, feel what, pretty comfortable talking to you. Basically, what I've always said to my kids is, it doesn't matter what subject it is or what topic it is. If you made it blue, come and tell me. As yeah. long as yeah. I know. Be yeah. honest. Be true. Be honest. Just don't tell me all about me. it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I've always run that. Yeah, and then you can figure out a solution yeah. and you can move forward. Look, and, and at times it might be a, not a great solution. Yeah. But you're, and so it gets back to values. I keep coming back to values. Yeah. It's, it's the values that, that you want to put into your kids that they will take forward in their life. Yeah. Give to their kids and the grandkids further down the track. Right. And I don't think you can go wrong by giving your kids good values. And permission to fail together, right? And permission yeah. to fail. Yeah. Do you... um. I know we've got a, a big group that's about to walk into this room, so we, we probably are, are winding down here. S- switching gears a little bit, what's the funniest thing? What's the funniest thing that ever happened to you uh, playing uh, rugby? Um, so many years ago, um, <laughs> I was playing a game against a team called Balmain at a, a footy field. It was a Big crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, we had this one referee who was absolutely hammering us with our penalties. Yeah. Um, Why are there bad referees? Um, <laughs> they were just making bad decisions, and a lot of them. Regularly, yeah. yeah. And a woman jumped the fence <laughs> and ran on and was giving the finger to the referee. To instruct the referee. Calling him all the names under the sun, and I mean all the names. And in Australia, that's a special art. Yes, yes. Uh, and it was... And uh, I'd recognised this woman because she'd been around our club, you know, because mm. we have licensed clubs. And I looked over to our captain and he went, I'm not going there. So, <laughs> okay. I'm one of the senior players. So I actually went up to her and she's still giving it to this referee, Greg Hartley, by the way. There you go. Um, and I just said to her, look, you need to get off. Um, he's not going to change his decision yeah. and not really going to help us. Yeah. So I actually walked her off, and she jumped the fence and got it into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. But they play that every year. They play that. that They've been playing that for the last twenty years. That's amazing. At some stage during the season, they will play that video. That's awesome. And and then everybody says, "What was she saying?" (laughs) Yeah. Can you can you swear a blue streak in Australian right now? <laughs> you're nodding, but you're not going to do it. No, for for okay. a hard front rowing, uh, 300 game player, for a tough nut, he's got a soft heart. Hasn't no, he? you and, sure and do. For him to be able to do that, that just yeah. stands, says everything about what you stand for and who you are. Uh, look, as I say, I go back to my dad, who's fortunately, unfortunately not with us anymore. They're the values he taught me. My yep. dad worked on the railways for 40 years. Wow. And he would do shift work and he'd get up every morning, and, and one of the things he always said to me is, I can put my hand out at the end of a week and know that I've earned my pay. Right. And whether it was raining, thunder, he would get up every day and go to work. Hardly mm. ever took a day off. 
um, and and that's the memory that I have of my dad, and and I've tried to live by those values and give them to my kids as well. There's a I just had a a, a guy who's been on on my board with Excess, and he's a a very successful investor. Glenn Rogers was just on. One of the values he said that he tries to teach his kids is show up. Yeah. Showing up is half the deal. I mean, yeah. over yeah. 300 games, you showed up, right? I did. And if you enjoyed every one in of between, them. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you for making time today. I know uh, you've got a lot of other things you could be doing. Thank you for making time for me. Thank you for getting me in the grand final. That's okay. Ben, thank you for letting me beat you at Sculling yeah, Beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Polite a, Aussies we are. It's, n- it's nice to represent America someplace and uh, feel like we won. <laughs> <laughs> Making America great again, one beer at a time. We'll have another go-kart race in the US. <laughs> yeah, the only yeah, I can say is hopefully we'll get you back one day to be at the state of origin and oh. you would enjoy that. Give me a date and a time. It's on. I'm in. They're I normally love it. In, in May, June each year. Okay. Yeah. Well, well let's, let's get something. Play one, one in Sydney, one in... Brisbane. Okay, Brisbane. And then they, they moved the other ones around. And next year it's in Adelaide. Okay. But they're worth seeing because you want to see a blue? These guys go at it. I would love especially to go with you and Kath and if it's possible. We will make sure next time you're out here you come with us. I would love your commentary. Unbelievable. Yeah. And and if you can find somebody that can drink a beer faster than Ben, that would be good too. I'll try and find somebody. It okay. wouldn't be me. No, I'm, just, I'm joking. <laughs> He's quick. He's no, quick. I'm no, no, not that good. I think we tied. But the um, I, I, I do want to thank you. You know, the Kick Aspirational podcast about helping people break through barriers in their life. You guys are doing that here. I think that's you know a big part of why you've had so much success in business. It's an outcome of the great values you're living. It's an outcome of the values you played on the field, and you've talked to a lot of other people. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Pleasure. The Kick Aspirational Podcast is not a spectator sport. We would love to hear uh, your questions, comments, and uh, concerns, anything we can do to help you, because this is the game of life, and we want to see you be Kick Aspirational in your own special way. Whatever you do this week, please get out there and be Kick Aspirational.